Brisbane is going to win the Olympics. And why this is going to happen is because fundamentally no one else is nominated. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, we're going to code crack. Yes, this program today is being recorded around five days before one of the biggest announcements, which is going to game change real estate in Australia. Brisbane is going to win the Olympic Games. How amazing is that? Hey, I tell you what. If it does not get up on the 21st of July when this episode airs, you have wasted or will waste an hour of your life. So this is a gamble. I am gambling. I am speculating that Brisbane is going to win the Olympics and I am doing a program on the Olympics. My love affair with real estate, my love affair with the Olympic Games, my love affair with Olympians. And I tell you what... Uh, this episode's going to be a cracker. So I think by the time you get home tonight on Wednesday or of the night, Wednesday the 21st, you're going to turn on your television and put your feet up, crack open a bottle of champagne because Brisbane is going to be announced the winner of the 2032 Olympic Games. Again, it's a punt if I get it wrong Uh, I think you should still listen to the episode anyway. And of course, uh, when we record episodes, uh, we're generally doing that sort of a week or two weeks before uh, the actual uh, episode airs. So I am gambling, but I also think there is some good insights into real estate insights, population growth, economics. We're going to go through some of the good things and bad that major sporting events do to real estate marketplaces. And we've got some great statistics from the Sydney Olympics and also the Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast. Before I get started, though, I'd love to do some shout outs. Thank you for those people who have been kind enough to leave reviews. I'm going to read out your review. Uh, Firstly, thank you, Claudia10197. I don't know what 10197 means, Claudia, but all power to you. Here's what Claudia says about the show, and I really appreciate these kind, lovable uh, words you've put down. My love language is words of affirmation, so it means a lot to me. I really enjoy the podcast. It's informative, educational, and interesting. I look forward to my drives when I get to listen. Thank you. A thousand out of ten. Wow. Well, that's a big score. Five stars. Uh, Kiki. Uh, Kiki's uh, sent me a face with a wink and a tongue poking out. Such great information, plus a wink and a tongue poking out. Thank you, Kiki. I'm not sure if Kiki's a bit kinky, but uh, that is that is also a very nice review. I'm prepared to get a uh, tongue poke if that's uh, really, you must be busy. You must be busy. I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's easier to emoji than go through with it all. Got another one here from Love Life. Among the top property podcasts I'm listening to, this one is by far the best. Sam offers practical advice 
and has wealth of has a wealth of knowledge and experience. Uh, I wish I'd begun listening sooner. Hey, look, thank you guys. Um, I'm not trying to beat the old chest here. I'm just uh, want to do a shout out to you. You know, uh, Nick sent the biscuits, and really, I think that really is a catalyst for me for thanking people now. The uh, the great Greek biscuits from from Nick uh, and Penny. Thank you very much for the biscuits. I'm still eating the biscuits. Uh, they are delicious. But hey, I'm going to tell you a story. It was the year 2000 and I was working in real estate. It was one of my earliest jobs in real estate. I think it was my second or third job from memory in real estate. And the Olympic Games came to Sydney, my home city. Now, anyone who's ever been to an Olympic Games would attest it is a bundle of fun. Winning the Olympic Games is just extraordinary. Honestly, if you've never been, if you've never had a chance and Brisbane does get up, you've got to go. You've got to plan it now um, because you'll have the best two weeks of your life. Now, I think we've all had those moments where it's kind of like that movie, The Hangover. For me, the Sydney Olympics was rather like the movie, The Hangover. In fact, I've never, ever really done anything poorly when it comes to my working career. But the Sydney Olympics actually led to me getting heavily reprimanded and eventually let go from a real estate firm. Yes, I fundamentally got fired during the Sydney Olympic Games from real estate. My career took a turn for the worse. Now, I'll tell you what actually happened. Uh, I went to the games. Uh, I bought many, many different tickets, saw many different events. I saw fencing. Have you ever seen fencing? You'll, uh, you know, you haven't lived. It's amazing. They're real swashbuckling stuff. But as many people might know from my previous podcasts, I spent a little bit of time as a socialist in Sweden. And the Swedish team obviously was competing at the Olympics. I bought tickets to a game called handball. Handball is not a tennis ball you play in a public school with your mates growing up in Sydney. In fact, handball is actually a game that is played in Europe where people jump around with kind of a volleyball and play like aerial soccer with their hands uh, to score goals. It is actually a very good game. Um, And I went along to see Sweden play uh, another country in handball and as a you know a former resident of sweden i decided to dress as a viking and paint my face with the swedish flag i got into the spirit and went along to the event now the event was amazing but let's face it sport can be pretty boring at times what's more fun is the people and the culture and the atmosphere behind sporting events quite often and Sydney literally had a pub for every single country that was represented at the Games. You could go to the Dutch bar, the Heineken house, and have, you know, huge Heinekens and talk to beautiful Dutch women. You could go to the American bar. You could go to the Swiss bar. And, of course, I ended up at the Swedish pub. And uh, inside the Swedish pub, we uh, really got... Toasted. In fact, the night before a Swedish swimmer won 
gold. And so the the you know the the night was just taking off. And of course I got into it. Now the problem was my boss had created an allocation system, a roster for people to look after the office. And I was put in charge of the office the very next day. But this night just got looser and looser and looser and more fun and fun. And before I know it, knew it, you know, I, I was completely obliterated. And it was about five in the morning when I finally left this, you know, incredible party that the Olympic Games is and this incredible party at this Swedish pub. And, uh, you know, I stumbled home because I was living close to the pub at the time. And I didn't, I couldn't find my keys. I couldn't find, I couldn't get in the house. And I lived in a double story house with my mates. So I climbed up on the roof to open up my bedroom window and lo and behold, stumbled, fell off the roof, body slammed onto an old rotten fence with our Vietnamese neighbors, knocked it completely over and uh, caused a huge amount of damage, which I'm still embarrassed about. Eventually, everyone woke up, the neighbours, everybody. Uh, I was led into the house and uh, put into bed. About two hours later, I was uh, received a kick in the foot from my uh, from my housemate, going, "Hey, Sammy, you got to get to work, champ." Uh, you know, you're rostered on, um, get up, get up. Um, people are waiting outside your real estate office. I just drove past. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, where am I? It's like the hangover. You know, like if you've ever been that, you know, insanely drunk and hung over, you're like delirious. I woke up delirious and uh, I threw on my business suit and raced to the office. I got to the office and people were like laughing and chuckling at me and I had forgotten to shower and take off this Swedish flag. So I was walking the streets with the Swedish flag on my face in a business suit after the Olympic Games and needless to say, my boss learned about this situation and of course was mortified that I'd let the brand down. You know how real estate agents are with their brand, brand is everything. And of course, um, that eventually led to uh, me uh, finding a new job somewhere else. And of course, uh, the Olympic Games though, when I look back on it, was it worth it? Yes, it was. That story is worth it. The Olympic Games is worth it. Sydney's Olympic Games festivities were amazing. And uh, I think, you know, Brisbane will win the Olympic Games and you're going to hear about it today. And of course, we're not here to hear about my weird stories of Olympic parties. We want to learn about the social and financial benefits of winning the Olympics and what it potentially can do to the property market in Brisbane. Now, one of my good friends is an Olympian. Yes. In fact, I've met a few Olympic Olympians and Olympic winners over the years. Um, I once sat on a plane right next to Michael Klim. We were, he is a big unit. Uh, I can see why he was a successful swimmer. He was huge. Uh, I sat next to him on a plane to Bali and uh, had a good little chat with him. But one of my good and closest friends is a gold medal winner. Yes, she actually has an Order of Australia. It's amazing. 
because I can't even eat a meat pie. And Gail, my friend, has an order of Australia. That is an amazing difference in skill set. When I was falling off a roof mid-Olympic Games in the year 2000, Gail was winning a gold medal. Yes, a gold medal. Gail won gold with the women's water polo team in the year 2000. In fact, it's an amazing story, her story. She and the girls in the water polo team were first not uh, able to compete in the Olympics. They you know, urged the IOC to include them. They got accepted. And in the last one second of the final with the USA, they won gold with the last second shot, which stole victory from the Yanks. So Gail uh, is a trooper. She is a gold medalist. She is a property economist. She has an order of Australia. And she is also a part of the director uh, ship of the Australian uh, Olympic Committee and the Brisbane Olympic Committee. And so Gail, my friend, has given me the inside scoop that Brisbane is going to win the Olympics. And why this is going to happen is because fundamentally no one else is nominated. Back when the year 2000 was around, uh, basically a whole bunch of cities applied to win the Olympics and it was announced that, uh, you know, Sydney won and it beat all these other, you know, venues. But according to Gail, the only nominee or nominee is actually Brisbane. So technically, Brisbane will win the Olympics the day this episode airs. So we need to continue listening because you and I are going to win the Olympic Games and it's going to be held in the city of Brisbane. Now, of course, when countries win the Olympics, generally we see some really social and public realm infrastructure improvements. Sporting teams start to improve. We see investment in sports and science, which is just amazing, I think, for national pride. It's probably fair to say that over the last 10 years, you know, Australian teams have not had the budget to compete with many other countries around the world. And hopefully, if uh, things go according to plan, that budget will soon change. And of course, this does stimulate national fervor. It stimulates pride. It creates more uh, national, um, uh, you know, pride. It, it, it really does as well create almost like a new series of jobs in the community. It really does better, I think, uh, where a country uh, actually improves. And really, the brand of the Sydney Olympics is still something that people talk about all over the world. When Brisbane wins the Olympics, it's going to have a new brand, and we're going to talk about that today. But I think Australia's situation with coronavirus, even though it's a little out of control at times, certainly nothing like what has occurred overseas. And uh, as such, I think, uh, you know, the IOC has made a pretty important decision and will make an important decision to choose Brisbane. Obviously, the coronavirus response, the safe harbour effect, it does show that Australia is prepared to close its borders, 
to lock it down, but to continue to run things like events like the Australian Open Tennis. So I think, you know, the IOC is a money-making business. It has huge amounts of money funded by broadcast rights. It needs a good games, and I think it's going to bet on Brisbane. I think you're absolutely going to see Brisbane win because it will deliver a broadcast windfall for the IOC. Hey, I tell you what, uh, poor old Tokyo will probably suffer the scourge of really, I don't know if anyone's even interested in the Olympics right now this year. Uh, It's probably going to bring some joy to many, many people. But, you know, uh, the way poor old Tokyo ended up with having to delay the Olympics in 2020, probably not having much of a crowd of an international crowd come to Tokyo, missing out on all those visitors, all those other uh, flow-on trade deals is is certainly going to be something which probably shows that Tokyo will probably be a loss-making Olympics. However, I think into the future that... Uh, that uh, Whoa, just lost control there. Um, I think into the future, you're going to see, certainly with the Brisbane Olympics, should it get up, that it is going to be an absolute win for. Now, obviously, let's we're here to talk property. We're here to talk property. Uh, we don't want to, you know, uh, underestimate what is potentially possible with the Olympic Games and property. Now, the first thing I'm going to point out, I think is really important when it comes to the potential of Brisbane winning the Olympic Games, the announcement being made the day this episode comes out. First and foremost, Brisbane has just done a a great amount of growth. Um, You know, the last 12 months, we've seen the market fairly well rise by about 10 to 15%. Now, we need to understand Brisbane's history. Brisbane really did miss a property cycle. The last real cycle inside of southeast Queensland and Brisbane was between 2004 and 2007. After that, we saw Brisbane have a series of challenges. It had the GFC like everyone else. It had floods, oversupply. It had uh, APRA come in and tighten lending conditions and chase off investors it went through really about a 10-year period with really subdued levels of growth for the most part. Along comes coronavirus and all of a sudden, you know, Brisbane is the talk of the town. Everyone wants to move to Brisbane. Everyone wants to buy in Brisbane. It actually has a lot of depth of market. Even though you see places like Darwin go up in value uh, on paper, getting a higher capital growth rate, Really, the aggregate size of that market um, skews the numbers. Really, your Sydney, Melbournes and Brisbane's with millions and millions of people have a really good aggregate size. And really, what you are seeing is some sturdy capital growth in the Brisbane marketplace. Now, for the next couple of years, Brisbane's probably going to be a rock star for capital growth. I can't see it slowing down. But what is amazing, should the Olympics get up, is that Brisbane has a distinct stake in the ground as to when the potential of its next cycle will be. In other words, Brisbane will potentially have a 12-year cycle, this one, and recommence a new cycle in 2032 or 2033, which is amazing 
because I think you'll get a far higher compounding growth rate inside Brisbane off the back of the games uh, than you would, for example, in Sydney. I think Sydney's uh, reached a point where it's rather expensive. Um, the average wages really, for most people, other than the wealthy pockets of Sydney, you know, it's very hard for people to pay more for property. Brisbane is still relatively affordable compared to the wages of the city itself, allowing it growth not only in this cycle, but now we fundamentally know when potentially the next cycle is actually going to occur because of the 2032 Olympics. Now, when you think about when cycle starts, no one really knows. No one knew when the GFC was going to come along to kickstart a new cycle. Uh, no one knew when coronavirus was going to come along to kickstart a new cycle. However, by having something like the Olympics unfold, it is rational logic to go, well, we know there is something special happening that is dramatically changing the market landscape and the date and time and place. And when we track some of the past performance of Olympics and Commonwealth Games in Australia, there is a correlation of property movement after the Games. Now, for this particular Games, for uh, the bid, rather, this particular bid, this bid has been brewing for quite a long time. Obviously, it's still 11 years before the Games will even occur in Brisbane. And again, you could be listening to this and Doha's won the Olympics because Gail and I didn't think of, uh, foresee that Doha was going to uh, pay off an Olympic official. However, should everything be going according to plan, uh, the day this episode airs, Brisbane is going to be the winner. So there are four ways hosting an Olympics impacts a city. And the first real way is pie, population, infrastructure, and economics. Brisbane's pie plan began really in about 2015. And it's pretty easy to see that their public works program always had an ambition to do something like the Olympic Games because you don't increase and double the size of your airport to get flights coming in from Newcastle. You don't do something like increase your cruise ship terminal and invest in the ability to have more cruises come into your port for um, kicks and giggles. What is so fascinating about Brisbane is it is creating infrastructure, which is a real market mover. It is designed to move the market. And we often refer to certain leading infrastructure as a market mover. The fact that you can increase your productivity by doubling the size of your airport, you are moving your market. So there are four ways a hosting city actually is impacted from uh, from an Olympic Games. And the first, as I alluded to, was Pi. This began in 2015, a huge public works program. And obviously, there is 11 years till the Games, so more public works programs to come. Now, the combination of this public works program and the output of what can be created from the Olympic Games has a quantifiable measurement. 
Within Southeast Queensland, that could actually be an extra 91,000 jobs. Within Australia, an extra 122,000 jobs. The total output benefit for Australia, around $17 billion. For Brisbane and Queensland, around $8.5 billion. The jobs, the benefits will be measured from 2022 to 2042. So again, what the Games does is it creates a market movement. It will move the cheese. The Games absolutely increases the output and job prospects for people of Queensland and also many people in Australia. Obviously, when people travel to things like the Olympic Games, when they get the opportunity, they don't just stop in Brisbane. They come to Sydney, they come to Melbourne, they go to Perth, they go to Uluru, they check out the Great Barrier Reef. And of course, all of that is a great anchor to create more and more tourism. And of course, Queensland, beautiful one day, perfect the next, is the capital of tourism in Australia and will do well in that respect. But also when people come to a host city, there is also a lot of dynamics around trade, induced trade, more conversations around more companies being part of the uh, the 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 program behind the Olympics. So there is a lot of social and potential economic benefits to hosting the Olympics. And I think it's fair to say the public works program since 2015 is leading towards this big announcement, which is going to happen. It's going to happen. And again, if we've lost and you're halfway through this this program today, well, look, I apologize. I sincerely apologize that I've ruined your time. In saying that, I always think you should pay the urban property investor in double speed anyway, because, you know, hey, if it's just 15 minutes of good information, even if it's a tad wrong because we didn't win, you're not wasting too much of your time. So Brisbane is being renovated. As we know, we've got Brisbane Live underway. We've got the Queen's Wharf project, which is redefining the landscape of Brisbane. The Echo Entertainment Casino is going to be really the Marina Bay Sands of Brisbane. It's probably the most architecturally interesting property since the Sydney Harbour Bridge. We've got the Cross River River Cross River Rail being activated, creating a new rail line crossing the river of Brisbane. This is obviously going to activate Woolloongabba. Woolloongabba is where the host stadium will be. Obviously, the Gabba itself is an old established suburb. Woolloongabba, the cricket ground is well known. And really what I love about what is going on here is, you know, you don't activate a suburb three kilometres to the CBD with a new train station for kicks and giggles. It is a mover. What is happening with this infrastructure? It is designed to move the economy of Brisbane in a new direction. And it's fair to say the Gabba and Woolloongabba is a little bit of a dark horse as as a property market for sure, because it is at the centre of the Olympic spirit and the Olympic Games inside of Brisbane. You've got the Brisbane Metro. Again, this is all designed to get people in and out of uh, places like Woolloongabba to move literally the hundreds of thousands of visitors that the Olympic Games attracts. And of course, Brisbane is doing things like creating more parkland, creating better walkable urbanism, 
creating more waterfront activities on its riverfront. It's creating more bridges so people can move about on foot, most notably the Kangaroo Point Bridge, which of course is the sister suburb to Woolloongabba, is designed around moving people in and out of the city. Now, one could argue, well, this is great. Why are they doing this? But now we are linking it to the Olympic Games makes a hell of a lot of sense as to why some of the biggest public works programs are designed in Brisbane around the river itself. And of course, the airport runway is is finished. Uh, sadly, it finished in the middle of coronavirus when really no one's flying. But This is a big, big, big market mover. The fact that you can double your air traffic is huge for a city. It can game change how a city functions, who it connects with in an international sense. All of a sudden, it can open up more flights to America, more flights to Europe, more flights to Asia, Africa, all of which bring economic benefits to a city. Now, the second way a city is nudged by the Olympic Games is the concept, you build it, they will come. And of course, when we look at some of the population figures of Southeast Queensland, they are stunning at the moment. It is really the uh, place where a lot of people want to move to. And the fact that uh, in southeast Queensland, maybe around 90,000 jobs will be created off the back of the games alone. Think of all that work that could be available, infrastructure work, um, tourism work, work around uh, you know uh, social services for the games, branding for the games. It will be a big job. And I, I remember back to the Sydney era, certainly created a lot of new businesses and a lot of new enterprises off the back of where the games were held and obviously the interface with the games with the rest of the world. Think about somewhere like Gabba. all of a sudden new coffee shops can open because there's going to be more activity there, there's going to be train lines there. Uh, more businesses can put their offices there because there is more mobility. Just little nudges like this really do create advantages to uh, a city's uh, real expertise to attracting talent across the world. Now, in the last Olympic Games in 2016, before the one we're going to about have in Tokyo, which I think starts on the 23rd or something like that of July, the Olympic Games in Rio created around 91,000 jobs was an amazing win for for Rio de Janeiro. And I've been to Rio. It is a bit of a scary place. Uh, I tell you what, a lot of inequality in Rio de Janeiro. In fact, when I was in Rio, uh, which is also an Olympic city, I got robbed. I got robbed at Christ the the Redeemer. Is that what it's called? Big Jesus. Me uh, and my friends were at Big Jesus and and we got robbed. So... uh, I can understand that, uh, you know, it's those jobs would have been wonderful for those people because, you know, that that city itself was was starving of inequality. In Brazil, there is really rich people and helicopters, and then there is the rest. So, uh, you know, I think when you build it, the jobs will come, the people will come, 
and also the eyes of the world will come. And uh, I certainly think maybe Tokyo is going to be a bit of an exception to the rule. But fast forward 10 years, 12 years from now, hey, the West, rest of the world's eyes will be on us. And when we think about this from a property perspective as well, like a lot of overseas people do not know where Brisbane is. It is not on their radar. I've been to do talks on urbanism inside uh, of other countries. I've spoken in China on property to many uh, you know, people in Shanghai, Guangzhou, and they have no idea where Brisbane is, no idea at all, because brand Brisbane is not brand Sydney, brand Brisbane is not brand Melbourne. But obviously, once you create a uh, winning formula, like moving a market through an Olympic Games, you will have the eyes of the world on you and shrewd investors from international countries will start to buy up parts of Brisbane. That happened in Sydney, it happened in Melbourne, and again, the one thing which Brisbane has always been is really a local Australian market. It has not been internationally priced like Melbourne and Sydney is. Sydney today is, you know, one of the most expensive cities in the world. It really is internationally priced and as such does get a lot of interest from wealthy overseas people. There is a huge wealthy upper middle class movement of people around the world, billions of people who have a hatred of their own country. And when they discover new places to own real estate in that are going to become brands, they buy. And so I think the real estate market in Brisbane is absolutely in store for a correction of prices to more of an international level. And of course, Brisbane is still growing. Look, every single year, its local government areas increase in population density. And you're just going to continue to see this grow and grow and grow. And we'll see another million people in a 10 years time inside of Brisbane off the back of the Olympic Games. So the third way a property market and uh, really a city can be impacted off the Olympic Games is the white elephant effect. Now, it's fair to say anyone who's ever been to Homebush, Sydney would experience the white elephant effect. There is not much happening in Homebush, Sydney where the Olympic Games was placed. Uh, the planners at that point of time inside of the Sydney team decided to not use existing infrastructure, sporting infrastructure, but to create brand new infrastructure. And they chose basically a swamp inside of Sydney called Homebush. Now, traditional Sydney siders never really go to Homebush. It's not like a place you go, oh, I'm waking up, I'm going to Homebush. No, uh, it is kind of in between Parramatta and Sydney CBD. It's uh, it really is a little bit lost in translation still to this day. And much of it today is still a bit of a white elephant. Of course, sporting events do occur in Homebush. Things like the Great State of Origin or the Bledisloe Cup or, you know, beautiful soccer matches all occur in Homebush. And I can tell you from a Sydney-siders perspective, we hate going there. 
In fact, people always offer me, every single year offer me State of Origin tickets to see New South Wales versus Queensland. Every single year I go, I do not want to go to that stadium and watch a game of rugby league because the stadium itself just lacks atmosphere, character and fun. It is what we refer to as a white elephant. There is nothing there. If you're lucky, you're going to get a weird burnt hot dog on your way into Homebush. And if you're lucky, the match is a blowout so you can leave early and catch the train out of there. However, Brisbane has learned from really the Sydney conversation uh, around the white elephant effect and is really investing in repurposing existing infrastructure. I think this is really critical. Like the Gabba Cricket Ground has been around for 100 years plus. It is being repurposed. Obviously, Gabba is a, three, a suburb three kilometres from the CBD with existing hospitals, existing amenity, um, walkable infrastructure. It has uh, sister suburbs like South Bank, which are full of great things for tourists to do like go to QPAC, uh, go to Mona, uh, sorry, Goma, uh, you know, the Museum of Modern Art in Brisbane. So it is really well placed to just feed off what is good about Brisbane already. And I think um, the proposition of repurposing existing infrastructure is a real key one for the success of uh, you're not, not creating a white elephant. Now, white elephants occur in Olympics and particularly in Olympic villages. If you look at, for example, the Athens Olympic Village, today it is basically a derelict Gopnik village. Yes, Gopniks now live in the Olympic Village in Greece. It is run down, it is full of uh, graffiti, it is not a very nice place at all. So one of the challenges for property markets with Olympics is all of a sudden, you know, to home these thousands, tens of, tens of thousands of officials and sports persons is you need to create accommodation for them. The Sydney Olympics created uh, a new suburb called Newington um, and today that suburb is doing well, but hey, most of Sydney is doing well. So Australia's relationship with Olympic villages has been, you know, so far not too bad at all. So we don't generally see this flooding effect of real estate to the marketplace. And really the uh, Brisbane Games is going in a bit of a di different direction. The Sydney direction was basically build... Um, you know, apartments and for the really for the first 10 years, those apartments and townhouses built in Newington right next door to Homebush, basically the same suburb. Everyone hated them after the Olympics. They were a bit of a lemon. They really did miss a property market cycle for those people that bought them. Um, while the rest of Sydney was skyrocketing in value, they weren't. But eventually, time heals wounds in real estate and they've gone on to be you know, a reasonable place to own real estate today. So Olympic villages, they are a thing and they affect the real estate marketplace. And let's face it, should taxpayers build an Olympic village for Olympians that openly just say that the only thing that happens in Olympic villages is Olympians have sex with other Olympians and eat food? Well, 
the truth of the matter is we need to build an Olympic village and probably the Smith Collective in the Gold Coast is a great example of an Olympic Games village, uh, sorry, a Commonwealth Games village, which obviously the Commonwealth Games was held on the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast went down this mode of a more student-based build-to-rent village. And today, the the Smith Collective is well, really well received. It's kind of this smart um, workplace where people can co-work together. There is a, a basically a rental community there. And uh, it really is designed around sort of this idea of build to rent, which, you know, for the most part is just the logic that, um, you know, people with less income like students who have temporary incomes, you know, need somewhere to live as well. So Brisbane's going down that road where the village is going to be modelled out of the Gold Coast success. It's going to be at Hamilton Shores and you'll see sort of more or less a build to rent model. Um, which is not designed to flood mainstream rental properties to the marketplace, really is designed around more the logic, the long-term sort of student market, that um, lower profile income earner needing accommodation within the public realm of the best infrastructure of the CBD. When you think about it, there's a lot of inequality in Australia. Not everyone can afford to live seven... uh, five, six, seven kilometres to the CBD. So putting some of this build-to-rent stock into the marketplace is not designed to affect the rental returns of people that own real estate in mainstream Brisbane. It is designed for a completely different marketplace, people who who fundamentally can at least afford um, rents to begin with. So for me, it's a good thing. It's a good model, uh, I think, It's been a success in the Gold Coast and there's no reason why it shouldn't be a success in Brisbane as well. Hey, the fourth and final thing which occurs to an Olympic host city is the legacy that is left behind from the activity, the movement of the Olympic Games. But if we look at some of the statistics from the Sydney Olympics, Sydney Olympics obviously was the year 2000. Go look at the capital growth rates from the year 2001 to the year 2004. Sydney's property market grew by 38.8%. Yes, Sydney had a property market boom after the Olympics. I um, worked in real estate through that boom. I invested in real estate through that boom. It was a great boom. In fact, Uh, I can fairly well remember when the market corrected. It was around October 2003 when I really noticed the cool-off. But from 2001 till October 2003, let's call it 2004, the Sydney market grew by 38.8% off the back of the games. People had discovered Sydney. The world had discovered Sydney. International investors had discovered Sydney. People in Australia all of a sudden knew the best bits about Sydney. It really did open up the marketplace. And of course, capital growth occurred after the Olympic Games. Now, if you look at some statistic around the globe, um, other property markets are not successful after games. But other property markets are not the Australian property market. Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, honestly, 70% of people 
seem to be living in tin sheds, in favelas. It's not a, it's not a real estate marketplace. It is, again, uh, just you know, really wealthy people uh, that have all the money and the rest of society struggling to survive. When we got robbed at Jesus, I mean, they apologized to us. They were like, it's, look, I'm sorry, this is our job. We have to rob you. We have no work. Uh, we were like, we get it. Take the sunglasses. So uh, Australia's property market has a credible history of doing fairly well after major sporting events like Commonwealth Games and um, Olympic Games. If you look at the Gold Coast, it did benefit from the Commonwealth Games. It did uh, create a marketplace today where people are actually interested in living in the Gold Coast. You know, prior to the Olympic Games, brand Gold Coast was not, you know, amazing. Now you go to some of the place suburbs on the Gold Coast, they're big money. Burley Heads, everyone wants a piece of Burley. Uh, you know, Palm Beach, these places are rock star suburbs today. And of course, um, if you track the capital growth rates of the Gold Coast over the last sort of four years before the Olympic Games and after the Olympic Games, it's been a really good uh, rise in value. And the Gold Coast has been left with some strong legacy um, infrastructure after the Commonwealth Games has gone. You know, for the first time, it's got, uh, you know, last mile nudges inside its city realm. It's got, for example, the tram. It's got a better rail line to Brisbane. All of these things, again, create a bit of movement in the market. So the legacy for Brisbane will definitely be induced tourism. Obviously, more people will come to Brisbane. People that never had Brisbane on the radar will go, you know what, let's go check it out. Let's go see what happens there. More trade. You will absolutely get more companies interested in the association working at a, a global level, at a multinational level, having a brand presence inside of Brisbane you'll have induced trade. And even inside the property market, you're going to have induced trade with foreign investors wanting a piece of Brisbane. You're absolutely going to have a civil pride experience, place economics. Brisbane is going to become a place. And even for many Australians, you know, still I meet and talk to about Brisbane. They're like, Brisbane, why would you go there? Um, and I explain to them, look, Brisbane is a moving city. It is uh, a city full of civil pride. Its civil pride is actually redefining urbanism. It is creating a beautiful walkable suburb, a great river city. It is creating a place where people want to go and be associated with. And I encourage everyone I meet to go give Brisbane a bit of a chance because Brisbane is well on its way to leaving the status of being a new world city. In 2021, Brisbane today is a new world city. There's two of them in Australia, Brisbane and Perth. Brisbane, though, is leaps and bounds ahead of Perth in its growth formula. Now, remember, cities all over the world get kind of a status. If you can imagine, we have mega cities, places like Tokyo. We have global cities. Australia has two of them, Melbourne and Sydney. Sydney is out of reach for most property investors. The only people buying in Sydney are falling into the trap of going 50 kilometres from the centre of Sydney and buying some weird property 
that some uh, tenant's going to live in who's half a week away from being broke. Um, Melbourne, though, still has really good opportunity. And I say this a lot, you know, it is a global city. It is being, uh, you know, you are starting to miss the boat if you don't own real estate in Melbourne because as prices rise, it just gets harder and harder and harder to buy those bluer chip A-grade locations. They're starting to disappear in Melbourne. Um, in 2021, you can still buy them. Will they be like that in 2023? I don't know. But both Melbourne and Sydney are going to reach mega city status faster than, for example, Brisbane and Perth. But Brisbane and Perth are new world cities. And all that basically means is they attract um, new uh, talent. They attract new businesses. They are building infrastructure. They are playing catch up on global cities. Then we have much smaller cities, places like um, smaller capital cities, primate cities, feeder cities like Geelong's a feeder city to Melbourne, Toowoomba's a feeder city to Brisbane, uh, Newcastle's a feeder city to um, to Sydney. So then we have like regional cities, places like Cairns. We have regional towns, places like Bathurst, small towns, Weewar, dead towns, Coolgardie. Have you ever been to Coolgardie? My God. Um, all of a sudden you know, you can see where the movement is. And again, it's these global and new world and bigger places that will get the social benefit of the market movers like bigger airports, more train lines. Just creates more momentum for the market and, of course, more output from a productivity point of view. So 2021, Brisbane is a new world city. Fast forward, uh, with a population rise, with more talent coming to the city, more innovation occurring off the back of the games, more leveraged tourism potential, more incentives for startups and scale-up businesses, the renaissance of the inner and middle areas of Brisbane, the Olympic infrastructure and a reimagined CBD, all of a sudden... Brisbane is no longer a new world city, it becomes a global brand. And of course, if we were to look at the rankings of cities in 2032, Australia will have three global cities. It will have Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. Of course, Melbourne and Sydney will leave global status quicker than Brisbane, but for that point in time, Brisbane will be globally recognised. And for me, uh, that is one of the reasons why I think it is almost... uh, a foregone conclusion that Brisbane will have that second journey of more capital growth straight after the Olympic Games is uh, has unfolded. And of course, Olympic Games create this overall sense of nation building. Uh, people will be proud of Brisbane. That nation building will uh, create a more majestic place. Brisbane will be seen as a place to go for the weekend away for Sydney siders. It will have new infrastructure, things like the Echo Entertainment Casino. It will have um, new uh, urbanism, which will be an attraction magnet for people. And of course, we shouldn't underestimate the Olympic effect itself. And when we track now sporting events around the world, the Olympics almost creates a double-pronged effect of other major sporting events also being held in the Olympic city. We saw this with Brazil. 
you had the Soccer World Cup in 2014 and straight after it in 2016, the Olympic Games, because obviously if you're going to pay for all that infrastructure, you might as well attract more sporting events at a major scale. And of course, the Olympic effect can lead to the Soccer World Cup effect or the Rugby World Cup effect. Remember, Japan was due to hold the Tokyo Olympics in 2020, but it's uh, easy to remember in 2019, Japan held the third largest sporting event in the world, the Rugby World Cup. So again, Japan benefited from having all that infrastructure created for the Olympics and then retrofitted the Rugby World Cup into it to create, again, more use of this infrastructure. And we're starting to see this now really after the blueprint of Athens and and uh, so forth um, that, you know, London went down the track of, you know, reactivating much of its usual infrastructure. It's got some great stadiums already. You know, think of all the soccer that is played in England and just how many amazing stadiums there are. Uh, you know, what ha- What the world learnt after things like Athens is the white elephant effect. So if you're going to hold the Olympics, you might as well hold the Rugby World Cup or the Soccer World Cup. And of course, this really does open the door for a place like Brisbane to capitalise on other major events. It's now got the big airport. It's going to have the big cruise terminal. It's going to have a revitalised city. It's going to have more mobility for transportation to get people in and out of major areas. And of course the beneficiaries of the Olympic infrastructure, there is something like 32 hotspots which are identified as an infrastructure spend off the back of the Olympic Games. And it does stretch from really Noosa down to the Gold Coast with most of the majority of it being circle uh, uh, provided inside Brisbane local government area, Moreton Bay and Redlands. So it's going to be an amazing event. We're going to win. Uh, if we don't, this podcast has been a total waste of your time, and I apologise. Hey, I'm Sam Saggers. Uh, that's it for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Urban Property Investor. Thanks for tuning in to The Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.